Today on Talking Sports with Tony V, Tony interviews longtime Seattle sports legend Jim Moore. tell you what little do the listeners know that that's a live band that i am lead guitar jim didn't even know that I, I may be from the 50s but i can play music that people like today so jim welcome thanks for jumping on with us for a few minutes well i'm happy to be here i didn't know i was a long time seattle sports legend but <laughs> i appreciate the introduction hey listen you're there are a lot of legends in, in seattle and uh Yes, and you're one of them. Uh, there, there's, let's see, who uh, who else is out there? You got Lenny Wilkins. You don't have a street named after you yet, but I'm thinking that's coming. No, no street named after me, but uh, that was pretty cool that Lenny Wilkins got one named after him. Uh, I used to pretend that was him in the driveway back <laughs> in the day in Redmond, so yeah, I was happy to hear that. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was uh, long overdue, and we're glad it happened. And the next thing we want to do is get Mike Holm in the Hall of Fame and all that kind of stuff, but I'm happy to see those guys honored at recent Seahawks games. What I want to talk to you about, though, is something that I know um, you know a lot about, and that is gaming, sports gaming, which has suddenly become um, out front, quite legal, and very, very uh, accessible today, much more than ever before. Uh, I think it's great, and I'm guessing your opinion uh, agrees with that. Uh, my opinion does agree with it, Tony. I, it's been one of those things that I've done for years and years uh, illegally. Uh, and I've always felt like, what's the big deal if I'm going to bet on a game? Who am I hurting? And, and I know there are people out there who'll be going, well, come on, Jim, here's who you're hurting. Uh, you could you know, develop a compulsive gambling streak or something. It'll affect your family and all these different things. But I, I just, I don't know. You know, I used to have a bookie, and, and now... Uh, I've got an offshore site that I go through and, and I know you could put me in handcuffs and, and haul me away if you wanted to, but I just don't get it. I'm, I'm happy to hear that the casinos, so call me casinos up and running a sports book. I know Emerald Queens can have one soon and I'm sure all the other casinos will too. And, and ESPN, we see the graphics now, the ticker, they have the line and the over under and it's just been taboo for so long. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel great that it's, it's kind of out in the open now and it's a fun one. You know, Tony, even if I'm watching a game and I don't have a bet on it, it's kind of fun to know what the point spread is and think about the people who actually are betting on the game and how they're on the edge of their seat, depending on how the game is going. And uh, I just think it's a fun thing and I know it can get out of hand, but just like alcohol or drugs or, or some other bad things you can have too much of, uh, if you keep it in perspective and, and do it in the proper doses, I think it's okay for everybody. No, I agree. It, it can get out of hand. But look at, look. I mean, go back and look at history. Shoot, prohibition. There was a time you couldn't drink at all. And, and then then you then you got cannabis shops opening all over the place. If it's if, if this stuff is out front, people manage it. You got to trust that people manage it in their own way. And uh, I've got lots of friends and relatives who are involved. It's a lot of fun. I've, for past few years, have gone to Super Bowl Sunday down in Vegas. And you jump on, you bet on all kinds of ridiculous things. Who's going to spit first, that kind of stuff. And it's a kick. I like it. There's nothing wrong with it. All. Plus the fact that, it's, honestly, baseball, basketball, all the pro sports, and even the, the uh, college sports uh, are always looking for more revenue sources. And there's, you know, somewhere down the line, they're going to make even more money with this. There was a time when you had to go to the game for a team to make money. Then came radio and TV. 
And then came uh, memorabilia and all this kind of stuff. And now you have this. So nothing at all wrong with that. Um, now, let's move back because another topic I want to cover is the change in newspaper. You were obviously the go-to guy on uh, with the PI. I see you've got uh, columns in other papers, including today's uh, TNT and a couple times a month. You're a great writer. You always have been. Very exp Express yourself beautifully in words. And by the way, on the radio as well, Jim, because you are you and you're not some fake like I was. I'm not really me. <laughs> you were never faking it, Tony. <laughs> I mean, we all, re we all remember you as a, as a sports anchor and then working there at the Seahawks. And that was one of the things I always appreciated about you is that you didn't take yourself too seriously and you didn't take your job all that seriously too. Even though, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of like you in that respect. I, I really do the jobs I've had. I've taken seriously, but to a point Sure. because we, yeah. I mean, you need to have fun. And, and, uh, I mean, we're talking about sports after all. And, and yeah, so I just, you know, especially with the radio career that I've had, if you want to call it that, I, you know, I always felt like I was just a newspaper guy who happened to end up on the radio and, I just told myself I wanted to be who I was and just be myself. And if it worked out great and if it didn't, at least I wasn't trying to be somebody I'm not. So that's kind of how I've approached things. Absolutely. Well, look at me. I mean, I came out of a, out of my dad's barbershop. I was very good. I could do a flat top. I could do any of those things from the sixties, walk into a radio station. A guy liked my voice. Next thing you know, I'm doing high school play by play uh, with no resume and uh, you know, no, uh, no interview, no nothing. And then it later it leads to a television job. So yes, to me, it was always a joy every day, every person I met, whether they were they famous or not. And I think you feel the same way. And people recognize you all over the place. Heck, there are people that still recognize me, believe it or not, that are out there. I remember as Casey Stengel once said, most people my age are dead already, but that's not the case yet. So we're going strong <laughs> here. Um, but anyway, so let me... Um, We'll talk a little bit. You went from from uh, seven ten Cairo, then they moved on, and now you've moved on, and you're over at KJR. Now, what's that? Is that a different uh, kind of a different feel? I know they cover the same stuff, but there's different people, so I would think it's enjoyable, at least in the beginning. Well, it's been great, and you're right. I started at KJR about a month ago, and uh, I work with Jason Puckett on a, a ten a.m. to one p.m. show, and it's been, it's been really rewarding. And, you know, Tony, you get to my age at 64 and you, and you wonder if you're going to get another opportunity. And, um, I wasn't sure, you know, it's kind of funny because when I got laid off a year ago at Cairo, I, I didn't know whether to tell people that I got laid off, fired, or if I was employed or retired. And it sounds better to say you're retired than unemployed, but <laughs> I go, I go back, I go back and forth with that. And I honestly didn't really know because I, I thought, geez, you know, maybe I should go back to work, but I was collecting unemployment and social security. And when the unemployment ran out and I still have a couple of kids at home, I've got 17 year old twin boys and needed health insurance and that type of thing. And uh, everything just kind of came together. Jason Pocket has been great to work with. Um, he supported me and, and, you know, wanted me to work with him. And I worked uh, something out with KJR and uh, yeah, it's, it's different though, because, and it's good different though. And I really enjoyed my time at Cairo, but every segment there was pretty much planned out, whether it was Seahawks or Mariners typically. And with Jason, he just wants me to come in cold. Now I, you know, I watch games, I'm watching the crack and even and Seahawks and Mariners and Huskies and Cougars. So I have a, 
uh, a kind of a working knowledge of where he might go, but I really don't know from segment to segment where he's going to go. And uh, it, it's a fun challenge, though, just to keep up with him and, and hold the conversation. It's uh, I hope it's enjoyable to the listeners because uh, we're sure having a good time doing the show. Well, it is because it's a conversation and you are not there and I'm not going to put any other station down necessarily yet, at least not on this episode. Uh, but when you're, when you're constantly promoting the Seahawks, I do call the shows on 710 the longest Seahawk pregame show in the history of the world because it's all week. Uh, and, and that's, but I understand they're, they're, they're basically partners with them and the Mariners and that's what you got to do. And so I think for you, it's a better spot. Hey, I want to ask you one more question, then I'm going to let you go. And this goes back to the topic we started with, cause I forgot about this. Okay. Now that gambling, uh, in sports is on sports is legal. Should Pete Rose go into the hall of fame? Should Pete Rose go into the hall of fame now that it's, uh, not so taboo? I've always been a, a Pete Rose advocate that, yes, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I understand why people feel like he shouldn't because he... The thing is, didn't he... He just been on his own team. And I know that that's, that's wrong, too. But when you look at the results that he had on the field, 4,000 hits and everything else that he did, it's and some of the other people that happened to be in the Hall of Fame that were maybe taking steroids and doing other things, I, I just think it's long overdue for Pete Rose to be in the Hall of Fame. Good, I agree. And we, and you know what? We're going to end on that note, Jim, because we agree on so many things, but that's a big one for me. Now, let's, let's, be, let's be serious here. There's no way he's getting in the Hall of Fame just because you and I think so, but I still agree with you. <laughs> no, you're probably right about that, Tony. I don't think our opinions matter much. <laughs> hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll, we'll keep listening to you on KJR and checking out your columns uh, in the TNT. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. Well, one question. Okay. If I, Wait a if second. I hold ask. it. No, we're uh, jumping in with one more question. The guy that really loves talking to you and can't believe he's on with you. That's Rohit. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Rohit. So as a fan, just want to let you know, I do enjoy uh, your show with Puck uh, very much and want to see if you have a prediction for the Apple Cup. Are you kidding? <laughs> really? I mean, seriously, <laughs> have you seen, okay, have you, hey, wait, it's Roy, right? Uh, it's have Rohit. Have you seen both, uh, yeah, have you seen both teams this year? <laughs> yeah, yes. Is it possible? Uh, it sounds, like you, sounds like you're a Husky fan. Uh, I'm not, but my wife is, and so I mentioned to her, I was like, I can't believe I'm speaking with Jim Moore right now. She's like, ask him who, you know, she's like, aside from the fact that he's a Coug, I do like him, and so I was like, okay. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, give her give her my best regards, please. Uh, no, I I think the Cougs are going to smoke them this year. And, you know, there'd be people that'd be saying, oh, Jim always does that every year, and, and they'd, they'd probably be right. But this year, I honestly believe it. I, it's wishful thinking in the past, but what the Cougars have done, I love our quarterback, Jaden Delora. Uh, he's got to be the best quarterback in the conference, and with what's going on with Jimmy Lake, uh, I'm wondering if he's even going to have his job in three weeks for the Apple Cup, and uh, after losing to Oregon the way they did, and, and the way he punted on fourth and ten, are you kidding me? There's not another coach around that would have done that. No. So I just, I look at it and, and I pretty much know that we've got the better team. And I kind of, um, I don't know. I think if there's football gods with what we've been through this season with Nick Rolovich losing his job because he wouldn't get the shot and then Jake Dickert taking over, I just feel like it's got story, storybook written all over it and it's going to have a happy ending. And so I, I, I plan to go to Husky Stadium for the Apple Cup the day after Thanksgiving, and I plan on walking out of there with a big smile on my face. And I, 
I think it's going to happen this year. Okay. Hey, I agree with you. And I'm, you talk about a guy who covered the infamous, oh, not for you though, uh, Apple Cup when uh, Chuck Nelson missed the field goal or it was an extra point kick and, uh, and the Cougars uh, won the Apple Cup way back when Booth Gardner was the governor. So, uh, Oh yeah, that was 1982 and he was, uh, he was wide right with that field goal. And I think it was either the, the only one that he missed all that year or maybe in his career, I think it was all that year. And uh, yeah, that was, Oh man, I was unprofessional that day though, Tony, I got, I got, let me tell you just a quick story. I, I was in the press box covering the game for the, the Bellevue paper, the journal American at the time. And it was a close game at halftime and I was getting excited and I was only in my twenties at the time. I think I was 25 and I was immature and I, I still, I still am immature, but I've, I've grown up a little bit, <laughs> but I excused myself from the press box so that I could go down in the stands with my buddies. And one of my buddies had a, a bottle of uh, McNaughton's. And so I was drinking in the second half while I was watching the game. And then I, I ran out onto the field. We stormed the field after we won. And then, then I went into the locker room and did interviews and then came back up to the press box and wrote a story. It was kind of unprofessional, but it sure was fun. Oh man, that's a great story. That's a great, it's a great story to end on. The image is there and that's, that's definitely you in that image. I can see it. Listen, you got to have fun and you do. Jim, thanks again. All the best to you. Okay, thanks for having me. Call anytime. I will. Okay. Love you, Tony. Love you, too. Hey, that's it for Talking Sports with Tony V. See you next time.